Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to another episode of Stephen and Joanne's Second Cup because, you know, one cup of us is just not enough unless you have a really big travel mug. Exactly. <laughs> Which Even I then. do. Even then, I still need another cup. Hey, we got a great episode coming up today. We are going to talk about Stephen here, my partner here, making his Broadway debut. We'll explain. Uh, that, well, I, oh, I know, right. I know. <laughs> it's still excited. a big deal, though. All right, all right. right. we're going to talk about that. Uh, John Witz from Arts Beats and Eats, huge lineup just announced. I mean, what a great you know event that's going to be, and he's going to tell us uh-huh. the musical artists and the food and all that great stuff coming. And then a, a favorite tar- tiger of ours. Just going to wander on in and talk with us about that. Brandon Inge, we're expecting him in the studio here this morning to talk about things. Got lots of fun questions for him coming up this morning. But all right, first of all, Stephen. Okay, so Broadway yes, Broadway debut. is not Broadway NYC. It's hey, Broadway in Nashville. Listen, in my world, Broadway in Nashville is bigger than Broadway in New York. Okay? I bet it He's is. He's had a that... smile on his face ever since like he did the, made this debut, and it was the pictures on your Facebook oh, yeah. were so cool to see you on stage on there. Stage and... at the Whiskey Bent Saloon on Broadway in low, it's called Lower Nashville, or Lower Broadway in Nashville. Uh, for anybody who's been to Nashville, and tell me, I think just about everybody on earth has now because the place is just hopping. You're right. It is, it's like become the bachelorette capital of the world. So every weekend, there's just like a million bachelorettes walking around and stuff and all week long. So here was the deal. Um, if you go to Nashville, people go to Broadway and they say, wow, I've been to Nashville. I've seen real Nashville. You really haven't. What you get on Broadway, you get all the honky tonks and the bars. You get the, the Tootsies or you get the new places like yeah. Kid Rock's Place. Yeah. And yeah. they have cover bands will play. And they play the songs that you know from guys like, uh, you know, Brooks and Dunn or or from Blake Shelton or Kenny Chesney. They play their songs. What they do not do on Broadway, what you're not seeing if you go down Broadway, is you're not seeing the songs that haven't been made famous yet by anybody or have been but by the person who wrote them. Yeah. So what started happening a few months ago, a, a group of people put together a thing called Hidden Nashville. And they bring that part of Nashville, which right now resides kind of in the suburbs on little tiny clubs and bars, kind of on the outskirts of Nashville, where songwriters hang out and they do songwriting nights. And people discover those. And every time they come back from one of these, they say, wow, that was the coolest thing I have seen. That's what I really want to see in Nashville. Huh. It's the birth of the songs, the songs that made the town famous. Now, sure. when they're there, are are the songs like completed or are there some artists that... Are, will be there and be like, hey, you know, I got this kind of a thing yeah, and like happen. do like a chorus and a verse. I've heard that happen. I haven't, work done, in progress I haven't done that work in progress. Some people have and they'll say, I'm, I'm still working on it. I have done a song or two on on the off-Broadway, as it were, yeah. in, in Nashville that isn't that, that I eventually rewrite. Mm-hmm. So I've done songs that I will then I'll wait and kind of see how the crowd receives them, comments I get on them, or just my own thoughts on them, and then later on I may rewrite it. So I've done that. 
Um, but I have heard songs done by writers that I'll say, hey, that's a pretty good song. And then like a year and a half, two years later, all of a sudden I hear it on the radio from somebody oh, else. Wow. Mm-hmm. And that is the goal. You sit there and you do your songs and you hope somebody else cuts it. Well, so if you listen to us each morning, you know what Stephen does in the radio every day. But really, a huge part of your heart is in this songwriting thing yes. that you do. And yeah, that's I really, you You go to Nashville every once in a while and you got your chance to sing some of your songs on, on Broadway. Yeah, it was it was a great show. Plus, it was, it was not just the normal songwriting thing, which is usually three songs. They'll put you on a stage with three or four other people. And do three songs, maybe four songs, and I I've, I did a, a lot of those uh, in the last week, but this was different. It was, it was called a showcase, a half hour of just me in wow. doing my own songs. So that's like six or seven songs. Did you have a band? I did not have a band. They don't. Do you generally have a band on songwriter things? Every once in a while, a songwriter will bring like one other person, a guitar player mm-hmm. that'll do a little harmonies or something like that. But generally, it's just one person, one guitar, singing songs. You do your new one. I did my new one called Red Naked. It's such a good song. It's <laughs> such a good day. song, Stephen. And you recorded it, too. Yeah, that was the other thing I did in Nashville was went into the studio and did what's called a, a demo, although songwriters these days don't call them demos because we all put them on our latest album. Yeah, right. Because we all have albums now because <laughs> we put them EPs online. EPs and whatnot, yeah. Exactly. We put them online and, uh, you know, we try to get people to buy our songs online. We don't have distribution deals. You know, it's right. not Warner or somebody like right, that of course. distributing us. but. Um, yeah, so we cut it as a demo, but now it goes on our album. And then you take that demo and you send it out and you hope to get somebody interested. So we went into the studio and cut the the, uh, the tracks for it on uh, Friday of last week and then uh, back into the studio again after that to do the vocals. And I got to do that out of Reba McIntyre's studio called Starstruck, oh, which sweet. is really cool yeah. to hang around. And you see, I actually saw a couple, you know, like stars walking in and out of Reba's place. And, you know, I'm sitting there going, yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I'm usually yeah. a big deal in Detroit, yeah. but I'm not such a big deal down here. How <laughs> many times have you uh, done studio work? Um, I, well, I've, I've cut two albums of uh, 10 or 12 songs each, so I've been in the studio, I guess, at least 22 or 23 times. Does it still get you every time you walk into a studio like, Amazed. oh, my God, I can't Amazed. believe here's that the, I'm doing this? Here's the process, if you'll indulge me a second, which yeah. is cool. You walk in and you got a producer, uh, and the other musicians will kind of gather around, and they'll say, okay, just play us what you want us to do. So I'll take my guitar out, and I'll just play my song one time through, and they're all taking notes. And then I finish, and I look around, they go, okay, that's the key of F. You want about 110 beats per minute on that. Hey, I tell you what, hey, at the end of that third chorus, on the seventh beat, why don't we go ahead and take that around and do a little turnaround and give you four extra bars? And I'm going, "Uh, yeah. That's what I had in mind. mind. (laughs) (laughs) But they just do it that fast, and then they all go into the room, and it's like nobody wastes time. And it's like, okay, one, two, three, four. And my song is playing out of people that heard it for the first time 10 minutes earlier. That's incredible. And they can play it 100 times better than I ever even conceived it could be played. Wow. You know, they're just that good. Mm. And then they'll go back over again and just, you know, the guy will say, yeah, I really screwed up that solo. I'm going to do that again. I'm going, yeah, I kind of thought maybe. You know, <laughs> never sounded better <laughs> to you. To like, right? <laughs> is it like the movies, you know? Like, I think back to, like, the movie... Uh, Boogie Nights when they were Mark Wahlberg had a scene in like the studio. It was oh, like yes. you know, all these people and there's like yeah, partying going on in another room while they're yeah. in the in the studio working. Yeah, and- maybe if you're doing like a real album or something like that. But no, for us it's it's just all work. There's not there's not a lot of partying. You'll have the control room mm-hmm. and me as the songwriter, I'm not actually in the room with the musicians. I'm in the studio with the the control guy. And, you know, they'll do something and then the guy over the speaker will say, Did you like that? You know, and, you know, I'm nine times out of 99 times out of 100, <laughs> I'll say, yeah, that was great. And if there's one thing I heard, I say, is there any way we can, like, you know, just lay that back just a touch? 
And, and nobody's going to go like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Right, like, yeah, right. sure, let's do it again. Boom. And they just do it again. Wow, isn't that cool? Wow. And I don't well, know if they did it wait. differently or not, but I'll say that was better. I <laughs> hope you're, I hope the redneck is picked up by somebody big who will great. sing that. Hey, by the way, quick funny story. When Eric and I were in Nashville back in April, mm-hmm. um, we were he. I was going to meet him at the um, Honky Tonk Central, I guess it is, right on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I, I'm an idiot. He even gave me the corner, and I'm looking around, and I didn't see it. Okay, it's a three-story building. Are you directionally challenged? Apparently. But this is the killer. I looked at a, at a bouncer outside one of the bars there, uh-huh. maybe Blake's or one of the. I said, can you tell me where the Honky Tonk is? He looks at me, he's like. <laughs> you said those were like. I did. I he went up and down the street and said, which of these 27? It's here. It's here. It's here. I'm like. Oh, yeah, they're all called honky-tonks. And then he literally put his finger up because after he completely yeah. made fun of me and just pointed, and yeah. I turned around and literally as big, you guys, a right huge sign, honky-tonk. Honky yeah. I'm like, that one. Yeah, there is one place that is called the something honky-tonk, you know, and it's right there. You know, Joanne, oh directions like that, knowing where you need to go, that's like a life skill that, <laughs> that you know, most people have, well, you know well, what I'm saying? And let me fess up to the, the only reason I, I know directions at all, I grew up in Colorado Springs, and there's Pikes Peak, sits yeah. right next yeah. to it. So I always knew where West was. I didn't have to ask anybody because you, you can't miss it. It's yeah. the biggest thing literally in town is the mountain. Wasn't the sun setting or anything? No, that got I, you I, I didn't. It doesn't the... matter. I just look over <laughs> and says, there's West. So therefore, I know on my right is going to be north. And on my left is going to be south. And east is going to be behind me. But my problem is when I left Colorado, I didn't have that anymore. And so to this day, and this is this is 40 years later, when somebody says, oh, you need to go West, I'll go, where's Colorado? And I literally... <laughs> I literally turn myself around until I feel like I'm facing Colorado, and then I say, okay, West is, you know, I, I still always, do that. I always, look at the sun. I, I, well, well, at if noon, it's noon, it's how do you know? It's, it's right in the middle. It's oh right there. Well, I always no, what feel, I look now is my iPhone. I always feel like whichever way I'm facing is up, it's north. Uh, just that, it's, it just, it's that north. I'm whatever looking way you're up, facing. I'm, well, yeah, whatever. But it is, Jason, to your point. So literally it's the sun sets skill. on you. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> it rises and sets on me, Stephen. You know that. Um, it is a life skill. We, we were talking about life skills that, like, you just, you should know, uh-huh. but you just don't know, you know? Yeah, like north, south, east, west, you you should have some sort of an idea. Yeah. Like, obviously, if it's at noon, you know, like, the sun's going to be right up above right. you. So the directions, but... The sun rises in the east and, and sets, sets in the west. Did you see City Slickers? And he goes, oh my no, God. we're so far west, the sun sets in the east. <laughs> was that Jack Palance that line. said that or Billy Crystal? That was a Billy no, Crystal line. who's the other guy? It wasn't, I don't think it was Billy. It, uh, um, not, it, not Joe Pesci. He wasn't it. <laughs> Who was it? There was another guy. was the guy. other guy from Home the Alone. I think it yeah, was. That's, that's, I, yeah. I got to look it up. I know, you have yourself. To. But anyway, some yeah, of the other. The tall, scraggly looking dude. Some of the other life skills. Okay, being able to fold a fitted sheet. Now, we did a Facebook tried, Live yeah. on that. And, now, and, and actually, I think both of us ended up doing okay on that. Yeah. Daniel Stern was Daniel that. Stern's Is that it? Yeah. Is yeah. it? Okay. Um, I loved, you know, we, we had a thread going about this, and someone said, I can't wink. I, or I can wink one eye and not the other. And then you saw this and, woman lifting her eye and, or her and, mouth up every and the time mouth she goes tried every time to wink. It's just like, yeah, I, that's what Scarlett looks like. My granddaughter, when she winks, you know, she's like, but some people just never get past that. I know. You can't wolf whistle, so you can't stick can't your fingers in. No, I can't either. Actually. For the life of me, I can't. Now, Jason's pretty good. That. He can do that whole wolf whistle. But then again, he had years of training at whistling at women. So Oh, is that? Yeah, that's it. True. Exactly. He's still over there Googling. <laughs> <laughs> You're a wolf whistle. Would you like to do it oh. for us? Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, so I yeah. can't do that. Oh, it hurts my I ears. Can't do that. I can't do I can that. Do it with other fingers too. <whistles> oh, okay. They all sound the same. <laughs> and we're done. Yeah. And my um, thumb. 
<laughs> Those are his thumbs. <laughs> okay, what? let's try it with your toes. No, we don't. Bring you your... can't do a couple things. I my my big thing is, and this is the weirdest thing, and I still to this day, uh, I can't tell time uh, on a twenty four hour clock. Which floors me because you were a military brat. I was a military brat, so everything was you know oh twelve hundred. Yeah. You know, and I and then I was in television, and they all work off of so our rundowns. We used the to rundowns, print out yeah, with so sixteen hundred for our four o'clock. And news. I literally have to do it this way: sixteen hundred. Let's see, that's twelve. One, two, three, four, five. That's four o'clock. <laughs> oh so I have to, and it's just, I don't know why I can't just remember that 16 is four. And then yeah. like, uh, cause I did the, the 1900 show and I still don't remember. That, what would, I, that would be the seven. I know. So you I did the seven, the but I said 2300 is the 11. I know. And I, yeah. But I can't remember that unless I actually do the math on it. And then the other day I came up with another one I was thinking of. I was in the line to, uh, alphabetically. If you tell me, um, like, um, W, okay. I can't just go. W X Y Z. I I have to go backwards someplace in the alphabet to get there to know what comes next. Like elemental P Q. Perhaps W is a wrong example because we did work at W X Y Z for how many years? <laughs> K I understand. Elemental P. Oh, I know where I was. I was at the airport trying to find my car, and I was in the P lot, and I was trying to remember. Does that come after? Let's see. L M N O P. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, not to why. pick on you because yeah. there's plenty of things I can't do. But you, we were at a, a Kroger event once, and we put on an apron. For those oh, chef yeah, prepared, yeah. Prepared, meal, prepared meals, and you couldn't tie an apron behind your back. Behind my back, yeah. He can't I, like put his hands behind his back and tie something. That. Really? Yeah. What is it about having your hands behind just, your back? I don't know. It's just everything because you can't see your fingers move. No, I no. I think it's just reverse. Can you do you know? a tie? Okay, like yeah, in I can. A I can tie. Oh, I can do a tie in a. I can tie a tie. Oh, I had to put ties on every day for years. Yeah, true. So true. I can do a tie. That's not a problem. But tying something behind my back. Maybe that's like shows women. he doesn't do housework. That's why he can't. Well, that's the other problem. I don't, put many, I don't put him in any uh, aprons on. You know right. what I'm saying? Now, here's another way. Women, I've seen women who have trouble uh, clasping the bra behind their back. I, I don't. I actually have a trouble with that, and I'll miss because mine has like two mm-hmm. clasps. I'll miss the one, so I do. Yeah, that's off crooked. I do. Exactly. So I do it's it in really the front. Loose. I don't know I, what's And you know what? It's you not look good. A little, you look like you're a little unbalanced. I <laughs> It's a little personal, Stephen, but, you know, um, I actually put it on where I clasp it in the front and then flip it around and pull it up. But a lot of women actually do that. I, I actually think my wife does that, too. So, yeah. yeah, I have a problem with bras, too. <laughs> I can never get them off. <laughs> you right? can't do that on You know, you're trying to be smooth. You're, you know, you're oh, you talk like, about get them off like, somebody oh, else. You, yeah, you know, you got your hands behind your back, and you're like, oh, this could be grim with a snap my fingers, snap and it's going to, and nope, it never no, works. Work. And I always cut my finger on the class. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I end up bleeding oh, all over guys. her. It's, it's not the worst. I liked, I liked the woman who told us that saran wrap. She like came and she's like, I cannot master saran wrap. I hate <laughs> she was it. Mad Every time I rip oh. it, it clumps up. And as you said, this one side is always off when you're trying oh, yeah, to. Yeah, the box yeah, is always box. Yeah, it's got that little. Because I think Jason pointed out that the you know it always has that serrated edge on the box. Yeah. First of all, I don't know how many times I've cut my fingers on that serrated I edge because I, I forget it's on the box top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I grab the box top lid to pull it back and I cut myself on it. Plus, everybody always has issues like when they're trying to pull the saran wrap or foil out, the roll will come out of the box. Hey, look, everybody, there's these two. Yes. On the side, you push them in, and it keeps the rolling. Wait, you know when I discovered that? Say that again. That is life changing for people. Do you know when I discovered this Where? last On our show. last month? Yeah. No, that the, you push the little tab in. I didn't yeah. know that until last last month. I said, "What are these for?" And I, Yes. Oh, son of a gun. Yeah. I think you're the one who told us that, Jason. So there's little tabs on, on like the boxes. On the yeah. end of the you know, box, and you push them in, and it holds the roller place. 
I mean, life changing. And it'll roll and everything. It'll be great. Because, <laughs> you know, like with learn. Courtney, when mm-hmm. she pulls foil out, she always pulls too much out. Yeah. Right. And then she'll rip off a piece that she needs. And then the stuff that's left over, she rolls it back into the roll. And it's <laughs> yeah. never it's the never same. Crinkled. It's, it's always crinkled. It's always- exactly. It's like putting <laughs> Not that it matters or anything. It'll still do the same. But I loved uncrinkled foil. <laughs> it's like tissue paper. Yes. I can't reuse tissue paper. Or toilet I like paper. reusing things. You know, when you roll, when oh, you, yeah, when you pull, the toilet, you're in a hurry and you give it a quick pull on the. And you're like, oh my God, it's. Unrolled yeah. seven feet of toilet and paper. And it's on the floor. Well, but yeah. that's the thing is, once you, you see that it it's been up. unrolled and it's like been manually rolled back, you don't know where it was before somebody manually rolled it back. It may have been on the floor. That's a whole other subject, by the way. That's yeah, but not the stuff you do. That's you don't want to waste toilet, it around the edge of a toilet around the floor. I don't want to think about that. Yeah, don't think about it, Stephen. <laughs> Trust me. Uh, hey, some exciting things coming up in our community. You know, we've got the big arts, beats, and eats yeah. festival. Right? You know, and, and I want to. I'm proud to report that for the uh, 18th year in a row, I'm not part of arts, beats, and eats again. I, <laughs> I have not been asked to play yet. For 18 years. Well, you, my friend, well, are once too busy Redneck performing comes in out, that. Oh, oh yes. Redneck is game changer. Exactly. Game changer. Yeah, but um, but no, this is exciting, right? Because okay. we've got the we got food and artists and everything else just announced. Arts, beats, and eats for <laughs> Labor Day weekend, and John Witz is going to be uh, on with us here in just a moment. He's the organizer, uh-huh. and you know, every year that we have the Arts, Beats, and Eats, so many great artists have come through. I remember one year, mm-hmm. this was like. Uh, six or seven years ago, Aaron Tippin, he's a country oh, artist, yeah. Yeah. and every time he has a show, he builds a bicycle oh. from like he gets like a like a well, mountain bike on the show from a from a store, right. and during his performance of a song, he builds this bike. It's about building. Things. Oh my god! So he takes no the the this bicycle, he builds it every show, and he gives it to somebody in the audience. Isn't that neat? And he did this, and I was like, this weirdest thing. I was like, only at Art Speed City do right. see somebody. <laughs> the art of doing music right. and the art of putting a bike together in this. <laughs> now, the bad news is he's not playing this not year. He's not <laughs> playing. No, Third Eye Blind is playing. We have uh, Your Generation. There's yeah. a bunch of great Randy Hauser, Walker yeah. Hayes. Yeah. So many great artists. And uh, I actually have John Witz on the line right All now. Right. Awesome. All right, John, tell us who's going to be there. Third Eye Blind is playing, uh, All American Rejects, uh, Your Generation, The Four Tops, um, Theory of a Dead Man, Night Ranger. um, There's some great country, Randy Hauser, Phil Vassar, Walker Hayes, uh, Beatlemania Live. It's Starship. It doesn't stop. I mean, this is one of the greatest lineups in such a long time. I mean, the fact that you have all these great genres from country to rock to pop, everything is covered with arts, beats, and eats, and on top of it, delicious food. Exactly. That's the eats part. <laughs> My favorite part is the eats. Well, the eats, we have our own stars. It's 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 funny. You almost look at it like a music lineup. So you have Nara Hibachi Grill. You have Prime 29 Steakhouse, which oh, is new. Uh, Fogo de Show, a Brazilian uh, steakhouse is mm. there. Sedona Tap House, um, wow. Lockhart's Barbecue, Famous Dave's, uh, Chris Bellies is doing wood-fired pizza. I mm. mean, pick your chin up, it, Jason. We're on the floor. <laughs> Talk slower, John. It's too early for this. <laughs> and this is over what three, four days over Labor Day weekend. It, it is August thirtieth through September second. And you know what? You mm. can hold me to this. I, how about if I send some food to you guys Woo-hoo! leading up to the festival with a couple of our restaurant stars? Would that be a, a good thing? I'm uh, all over it. I'll never say no to food, John. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
know what? And speaking of food, on the other side of it, too, there's some really nice community initiatives. Uh, Flagstar Bank, you can actually go to a branch a couple weeks out and bring some non-perishable food to get free admission to these concerts. So we collected 10,000 pounds of food uh, just in a way for people to get in free to the event. And then Kroger on the back end is salvaging food with their zero hunger, zero waste. And restaurants in in Royal Oak are donating two pans of food to shelters in Detroit. So there's a lot of good stuff going on in addition to the good east there's some good sharing and good support in the community going on as well. Yeah, this isn't just a big uh, concert food fest to make money. You're raising money for some pretty good causes. We do. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, we just lost our county executive, and that was a big and important initiative for for him was to support the community. He founded an organization called the Rainbow Connection. Um, I'm talking about Brooks Patterson, of course. And so there's 60 nonprofits, including Rainbow and others throughout Detroit, that share in the the proceeds, uh, Metro Detroit Youth Club, the Hope Center, who works with children with autism, where my son has actually gone, the Autism Alliance of Michigan with us, and Delta Dental will host 2,400 kids and family members for free lunch, free rides, free parking, free admission. So as you said, Stephen, there's a lot of good things going on uh, that are really collaborative and community-focused, and it's a big part of the enjoyment. And I know we don't have too much time, but i got to just give some props to the art fair as well. We'll have artists from 33 states and two foreign countries doing spectacular artwork uh, down Washington Street. So the arts is going to be uh, rocking in and of itself as well. So we're, we're just excited about a great year, and, and we're working with OMC again, and you guys are presenting your generation on the same night that Third Eye Blind is performing. It's just going to be awesome. Oh, it's going to be amazing. What's also neat is L. Brooks. You mentioned him. He's going to be getting a road named after him, huh? Washington Road? Yes. uh, So our main uh, drag of the festival, where our restaurants are, where the art is, is Washington Street in Royal Oak. And we, for the four days of the festival, we work with the city and we're going to call it Elbrooks Boulevard. And we're going to do a nice ceremony to kick that off uh, at 11 a.m. On, on Monday. And he was the co-founder back in 1998. A funny Brooks story, I when, when he said, hey, can you help us put this together? I said, yes, Brooks, we need 90 days to raise the money and just give us some time and make some calls and get things organized. This was two weeks before the uh, state of the county address. And he just announced it to the public like, hey, this is happening. Oh, no. <laughs> you better get it I done. I guess it's happening. <laughs> wow. So yeah, he, he he has a way of uh, you know of naming something and uh, and bringing it to life. And the county has been uh, you know thriving and successful uh, under his leadership. And I know it will continue to be. And and quality of life was important to him. And this festival basically celebrates quality of life and and brings people together from all over the the, the region. So. We're so excited about it. You'll be missed. Hey, John, thanks so much. Going to be a great festival, Labor Day weekend at Royal Oak. Yes, Soaring Eagle, Arts Beast of East. Let's go. We'll see you guys out there. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thanks, John. So John mentioned uh, L. Brooks Patterson, and of course he passed this uh, this last week. Yeah, um, it means uh, he meant a lot to us for what we've been doing with Scarlet Smile. We're building that playground, and matter yes. of fact, we're under construction now. Awesome, which is cool. It's actually going in the ground. But there was a great story that uh, L. Brooks met Scarlet several times, and they were both in wheelchairs. So they kind of hit it off. You know, here's this little girl who sees a guy in a wheelchair, and 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 Brooks was so patient with her and funny and. Um, so when we had a, a groundbreaking about a year ago, and we first got into the process of actually clearing the property and stuff like that, I put a call into uh, Bill Mullen over at the county, Oakland County, to say, "Hey, can L. Brooks come to our ground groundbreaking thing like tomorrow?" Yeah. And he says, "Oh, you know, Brooks isn't really doing that many things like that these days." So I'd say probably no, but you know, I'll go ahead and ask. Calls back about ten minutes later and says, "You're not going to believe this. 
Brooke says, yeah, he wouldn't miss it. He's going to oh. be there. And he says, and we're all just like stunned. Yeah. And it, But we weren't because we knew how big of a supporter he is of, uh, first of all, Scarlett, just a friend of Scarlett, and our project, which is to create a playground where kids of all abilities can play together in the same place at the same time. They're not segregated by their equipment. Right. So a kid in a wheelchair can roll right next to a kid running up a ramp. And that's oh, really that's what great. we're building. And uh, Ed Brooks was really a champion for that and so many things, including Arts, Beats, and Ease. Well, he, yeah, he's certainly yeah. champion for all things Oakland County, right? Mm-hmm. He meant the world to so many people, was the biggest advocate for that county and did amazing good and left certainly an indelible mark on, on all of Oakland County and the people he knew and met. Hey, we have a special guest just came on in, Brandon Inge. I tell you, this is one of, this is one of everybody's favorite Tigers. Yes. He's one of my guy. faves. I know he can play every position. <laughs> Uh, always did with a smile on his face. We love Brandon. So, uh, first of all, first question, Brandon: Can you can you suit up and play with the Tigers again, please? Uh, I could suit up. It wouldn't be a pretty sight, though. <laughs> oh no! Well, it's not really a pretty sight right now. So, uh, is it tough for you to watch a season like this? It is a little bit, um, but I've also been through it. Um, let's say two thousand two, two thousand actually oh, yeah. two thousand one, all the way to three, probably yeah. was. Was rough, but I'm telling you, man, these guys are going to learn more from this year and these bad years than they will, you know, going to World Series, you know, because those are just, you're good, you're talented, you know, all the games are going to be pretty easy for you. When you get tested on seasons like this, this is when you start to learn more about yourself and what it takes to overcome all this stuff. I bet, because it's a lot of losses. It's got to be demoralizing for these guys. It is. Are they on track to beat the record that we had? I think so. (laughs) Was, that, be nice? that was you. So there, yeah, that's oh, why. That's yeah. why those years were so bad. Hey, I huh? still remember that year was amazing because for the last week of the season, people didn't have to. The fans did not have to come out, but they came out and were supporting us not to get the worst record in baseball. I thought oh. that was. I know it sounds awful, but it was the coolest thing, really, to have no one in the stands for the last month and a half of the season yeah. to the last week where we were packed house for the team not to get the worst record in baseball. So <laughs> you got to give credit to these fans here. Hey, let's talk about Brandon Inge today. I know you've been doing some coaching, uh, and I know you're really heavily involved in the uh, Chad Tuff Foundation. Yes, <laughs> very busy these days. Yeah. I got two kids, I got a 12 year old and a 14 year old, helping them both coaching their teams out at the Legacy Center in Brighton, director of player development there. And I'm coaching uh, Detroit Country Day High School. So I'm, oh. I'm on a field all the time now. Can I yes. just ask for your kids, how cool is it to have their dad and their friends must be like, are you kidding me? Brandon Inge is the coach. <laughs> It's got to be neat for yeah, them. Yeah, they definitely don't look at me like that. They look at me like, oh, there's dumb old dad again. Oh, yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's how it goes for well, them. All teenagers are yeah, almost they're teenage, like yeah. teen and tween. So yeah, yeah but the, uh, the Chad Tuff Foundation has really kept me busy, and it's very close to my wife and I's heart. So my wife was Chad's godmother. Chad Carr was, you know, legendary Lloyd Carr from mm-hmm. University of Michigan. It's his grandson. Tammy Carr is the mom, Jason Carr is the, the dad, and he passed away from DIPG. I think he was he was he was too young, too young mm-hmm. to pass yeah, away. I know that. So the DIPG when you it's like a four letter word. Anyway, and it is. Yeah. And it's one of those where a parent hears that their kid is has DIPG, it's zero percent chance of survival. So we thought anything we could do to try to help out raise some money to um go towards research would help out. So uh, we're, we're very entrenched in it these days. You're doing a big event coming up, right? Tell us about that. Yeah, we're doing a huge event. I got some of my old uh, Tiger buddies to come back. So we've got Jeff Jones will be helping out coach. Uh, Alan Trammell will be there helping out coach. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. We've got Craig Monroe, Mike Hessman, Nate Robertson, Josh Colmenter, Steve Avery, myself. So anyway, we're going to do a home run derby with aluminum bats. All right. Just just for fun. <laughs> and 
two parts because I had a terrible home run derby when I did it in the major league, so I'm not going back to those wood bats right. anymore. I'm gonna I'm gonna fudge the the rules and I'm gonna make an aluminum bat. But uh, so we're gonna have kids anywhere for ages eight to fourteen years old. They can qualify during the day, and when they qualify as the top twelve contestants, we will as pros draw their names out of a hat. So I'll have two kids that will hit before me for two minutes, and then I'll hit for two minutes. We'll take our combined scores and play against Monroe and his kids. Uh, Avery and his kids. Oh, so I just wanted to give those kids a chance to get underneath a big stage. Uh-huh. We're going to shoot fireworks off for them when they hit home runs. So it's going to be a huge family fun event. All the money from this entire thing is going towards Chad Tuff, which is going towards research. I'll ask you in a second uh, how how people get to this event, but I have to. You brought up something I wanted to, to ask you a baseball question. Mm-hmm. Verlander was complaining that the league is juicing up the balls. You think they're hopping out of the park a little more? They juicing the balls. I mean, in all honesty, they've been juicing those things for a long time. They, they're progressively <laughs> they're progressively getting harder as the, the days go by. But I think Scherzer probably said the best quote. He said, I have to use the same ball that the other team's using. So right. no matter what, it's it's fair all around. Level so, playing I mean, field. Yeah, right? I just, I just, I'd prefer not to complain about it and just make an adjustment and do something about it. Have you ever complained, though, about yeah, how, yeah, hard right. it, how hard it is to hit a home run in Comerica Park? Who was the player lately who was just complaining about that? Nick Castellano, yeah, complaining about it, the fact that it's like it's just really hard because it's really far out there. It is. Quick story, Bartolo Colon back in his heyday, and when I say heyday, he was throwing 98 miles an hour for Cleveland Indians. Mm-hmm. I was a rookie catcher at that point. We had zero wind, um, and this is before the fences were brought in in left field. He threw me a 3-1 fastball at 98 miles an hour, and I hit it as hard as I possibly could hit that ball at the perfect trajectory, and it hit just to the left of that flagpole at the top of the wall. And from that point on, I'm like, I hate this part. I can't get a ball out. There's no way. I couldn't do anything more to get the ball ball to go further, so it didn't go out. But going back to that ball thing, the first time that I noticed that they were doing something to the balls a little bit was, so we had the Home Run Derby in Comerica Park, and I think Major League Baseball was probably terrified that the ball wasn't going to go out. There was going to be no home runs hit at that. So I think the balls were a little bit doctored there. But uh, like I said, it is what it is. And, you know, people want to see home runs. And as long as everyone's safe, I don't think I really – care what they do to the balls for me. Just me talk about uh, proposed changes to the game to make the game move along faster and all that. Are you in favor of of some of those changes or? Not really. Not really. I mean, when you go to watch a baseball game, you know what it is what it is. And I'm a big, almost like a historian of the game. Like it's been the same way for over a hundred years. I I just can't stand these little changes that we're trying to do right now. It's just every little change we make hurts our sport. And I just, I just rather keep it more, how it was. You Don't know? you think it's because our attention span has decreased through over those hundred years? So suddenly yeah. at what, three, three and a half hour game is like, well, that's too long. Yeah, you know? it is long. It really is long, but it's I, it is. It's just the way it was. I mean, you got to try playing it for that long, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah no yeah. kidding. Yeah, try keeping your attention that long and as a player. Yeah, it's tough. You ever feel like just sitting down, you know, in like T-ball when you'd see the kids out in left field, just sitting, <laughs> picking the flowers. Uh, in the ground. <laughs> I yeah. played in a charity softball game. I almost did that in left field. I thought, oh, I'll get a couple laughs. Right I, I used to laugh at the kids making sandcastles in the uh, infield. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you got to stop doing that. You don't allow that at country days. No, no, no. They have an all-turf field, so thank God. Okay. Hey, uh, Brandon, before we let you go here, give us one last plug here for the event you've got coming up and how people can get to it. So you go to dingersfordipg.com, dingersfordipg.com. It's a uh, great charity charitable event. Um, we're going to have a lot of fun. 
it's going to be a full day of stuff. And uh, like I said, every dollar that we raise, we're not keeping a penny. It's all going straight to Chad Tuff to uh, cure this awful disease, DIPG. Mm-hmm. So. Saturday, August 17th at Brown Stadium in Battle Creek. That's exactly right. right. Thank you for helping me out. Yeah, no, I forget all the right. details. I have the paperwork. Yeah, I've been planning right, it for so long. I can't remember everything. Yeah. Brandon, thank you so much. What a pleasure talking this morning. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And thank you for joining us for Stephen and Joanne's second cup. I think I'm on my way to get a third cup. That I was good. I think we need it. Yeah. We'll see you again next week. Thanks for listening, everyone.